I think I know this. The only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio. In the U.S. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today. News at yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 98.7 FM. Every Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. With Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. Indo-American News Radio India News US News World News Movie Reviews And Local Community Roundup Every Saturday 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM Hi, I'm Jawahar I'm Sanchali And I'm Pramod Indo-American News Radio Welcome back everybody This is Indo-American News Radio The regular interview segment For the next two hours We're going to be talking to people who are uh, well-known within the community. In fact, two, these two people probably have more of a following than they don't really need an introduction. Uh, but we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Right now, uh, we're very happy that you took the time to stay with us during the uh, Indo-American News Radio. While you do the lineup, I'm going to see about the temperature in this room that you've turned down yeah. so much. Mm. <laughs> Jawahar, you have to stop accusing people. <laughs> Fake accusations are not good, okay? Pramod? This is you really, really right, unfair. Right, so. So but, but Pramod, I did not touch the thermostat. Okay? She looked at the thermostat and it went down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We are not going to have this anymore, Jawahar. No more, no more. No. Okay, folks, uh, now getting down to serious business. Here's the guest lineup for today, March 4th. And you are listening to Indo American News Radio, and our program is on 98.7 FM. You can also listen to us on the Masala Radio app. By Monday, you can hear the recorded show on podcast, which is uploaded on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Breaker. Please do support our show. Select follow on our Spotify podcast channel to receive new updates. And please, please, please do give us a five-star rating. That would really help us to go a long way. Over the past 27 years, the unique industrial products company has carved a name for itself for its innovative approach to business in providing its OEM competencies and products supplied across many industries and shipped from its 275,000 uh, square feet warehouse in Sugarland. Today we will be joined uh, by the second generation owner Pankaj Malani. So, well, anyway, w with that, we're going to be going on to our next guest very shortly. This is Indo American News Radio. We're going to be going to our first commercial break. And uh, with that, after the commercial break, we're going to be joined by our first guest, none other, other than Pankaj Malani. And who's already seated over here, and he looks more and more like his dad every day. Yeah. <laughs> Better, actually. <laughs> but don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. Indo-American News Radio. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American News Radio. Welcome back, everybody. I'm delighted to introduce our very first guest, Pankaj Malani, who I, I've known for a long time. And in fact, I'm not the only one. I think the majority of our community happens to know him and his, uh, his whole family and the business that they own. Uh, Pankaj is the CEO of a unique group of companies, uh, and he grew up in 
Sugarland and attended Kemp, uh, Kempner High School. Where's Kempner High School? It's in Sugarland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's a graduate of the University of Texas with a Bachelor's of Science in Advertising that he received in 2001. He completed a summer internship in the San Francisco advertising agency, Hot Liquid Media. He moved to New York to work in the marketing department of a startup internet company, the EasyRoomMate.com. And Pankaj has always had a strong interest in teaching, so he earned certification to teach all subjects from fourth to fourth and eighth graders. He taught eighth grade math for two years in New York City and in Cypher District in Houston. Um, he then joined Unique Industrial Products in 2006, a company that was started up by uh, his dad and uh, he was co-founded by his dad in 2006, began training in the warehouse and then moved on to accounting, purchasing, sales, etc., so he worked his, uh, himself up from the bottom up, and he helped to start Elite Components, a brand new division of Unique, in 2009, and it achieved over 15 million in revenues in 2016. Pankaj has helped complete the acquisition of another company, Kemp, uh, Chem Oil Products, in 2010, and he grew this company from 3 million in revenue to 38 million in four years. Wow, that's quite an achievement. Uh, he's a board member for the Youth Leadership Development Program, uh, and he he has been involved with the community along with his dad, uh, Jugal Malani, and his mom, Raj, and they they who are, who are all over the place. It seems like they have so much energy they keep on going everywhere, and uh, he's led um, Pankaj led the sale of a majority ownership of Elite Components and Chem Oil to strategic buyer in 2019. He is the CEO of the Unique Group since 2014, after his father, Jugal, decided that he wanted to have more time to travel and do other things that he, in, in, he wanted to really enjoy. And uh, he oversees a staff of 65 employees. Welcome to the show, Pankaj. Good to have you with us. Hey, thank you for having me on. Right. So, and, and with that, my my phone decides to run. Right. You know, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Welcome to our show, Pankaj. We lovely to have you here. You know, thank you for thank coming you. all the way to the studio. So, tell us a little bit more about uh, you know your selling majority share of your subsidiary companies in 2019. Why did you decide to do that? And you still operate a joint venture, mixing different cultures. So there are several things. I think I asked too many questions okay. at the same time. Yeah, so you can yeah, deal with it one at a time. Yeah. history. So yes. Unique Industrial was formed uh, in 1997 by uh, my dad and his business partner, uh, Pradeep Gupta. So um, from 97, you know, we uh, continued to grow the business. And then I, I was not, you know, still, that was in high school at the time. So not part of the business. But uh then, you know, business was doing doing well, continuing to grow. So then as uh, in around 2009, you know, we started to look into other avenues too, because as we saw that, you know, we have opportunities to get into different lines of business and companies that we were selling to, we wanted to do, you know, to create those products too. So, so we opened up other, so uh, these are like chemical, chem uh, they're not chemical products. products. So no. our main business is unique industrial, which supplies to manufacturing companies here. So we apply okay. to like H heating, plumbing, like, um, electrical, like large companies here. The we equipment. Sell the, uh, we sell them like parts. So it can be like component parts, or it. it can be like finished goods. So okay. it, all, it all depends. But 
everything is made specifically for that customer in the unique industrial. God, that's so, why you call yourself so unique. Yeah, so yeah. that was kind it's of it. It's castings and yeah, other castings, fittings. machinings, uh, forgings, all kinds of different oh. uh, customized. Yeah, stuff. all custom, all made specific for that customer. God, so that's how that's kind of how the business got started, and it was mm-hmm. a, a very unique model at the time because we would bring in the inventory, keep it here you know, make it specific to a customer, but they only buy it as they need. So, so they have a, you know, like a purchase order, but Mm -hmm. then they'll take releases when, so for, for an American company to buy, they get their product like next day or within a couple of days, rather than having to order an entire container from overseas. So we're handling that responsibility. We store the product, we keep three to six months worth of inventory in our warehouse and then we supply them as needed. That way, they can pr- be ready for any spikes or you know any slow. You know everything is like prepared. It does. It doesn't take like several months to plan in advance. That's what we handle all that. That so it's for a them. just in time inventory. Just in time inventory, exactly. Yeah. We do the vendor managed inventory also. So we you know we look at what their previous uh, demand is and how much they bought. And we help we work with our customers. Be like, hey, wh- you know, is there a reason this is not selling, or do you need to order more of this? So you know, we're always constantly monitoring it along with them. So that way, mm-hmm. you know, they, they they know there's more. There's a there's a lot of service that we provide. You know, we do the quality control for when products come in. You know, we do quality control at the factory end first when it you know over there whether it's China, India, Taiwan. We 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 import from like uh, 10, 11 different countries. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we have you know people we have people that work overseas that are making making sure that you know the product is up to quality and you know that everything is going right on the production end and then when it comes here we have a quality check team too that does it you know make sure that everything is there like you know like the this meeting all the specs meeting all the requirements all the certifications and then from there you know we do the stocking product stocking program here and we're able to supply the just in time inventory so. The big thing for the customer is that the financing part is is handled by us, you know. So they don't have a lot of inventory on their books. Oh. So that's that's really how things got started was because, you know, they no one wants to carry a lot of inventory on their books, you know. Right, just, right. So and you, Pankaj, you uh, uh, about uh, the inventory that comes in from mm-hmm. abroad. Do you add any local content? Do you finish anything? Uh, some there's some small things that we can maybe do, like some refinishing or things on, like if there's okay. something needed or like a light assembly. But mostly we like to work with products that that come in fully assembled, fully oh, okay. finished, and then we like either shelf ready or they'll go bulk packaging. So, sure. you know, it just depends. But yeah, we have a, a team here that, you know, if there is something that we can, if there's like minor issues or like repack, so sometimes it's, it's cheaper to bring in things bulk and then, you know, rebox it here. So there's sure. some things like that that we'll do, you know, oh, okay. that we have staff here to handle. So, so. Uh, I, I'm trying to understand, are you actually an OEM? We supply to OEMs. So oh. we supply to the OEM companies. Okay. What, companies. Sorry, but pardon uh, my ignorance. Yeah. What does OEM OEM stand is for? original equipment manufacturer. So, but so, the manufacturing is done like 99% abroad. Yeah. All of our products are sourced overseas, but the companies that we're supplying to, they're considered OEM companies because they have their own brand. You know, like, let's just, I'll give you one example, uh, like Peloton bikes, right? Mm-hmm. This is one company that, you know, that we started working with last year. This is kind of outside of our, our main uh, um, industries, but we've been trying to expand into new industries also, like, you know, fitness and, mm-hmm. and uh, food and things like that too, like uh, for f- equipment. Mm-hmm. So in this case, you know, like... Um, 
So what we do is we actually, we bring in the product here, you know, so like uh, they, and they have their design ready, right? So it's not, we're not creating anything in specific. It, right, they, it's built to their specs. Built to their specs. So they're giving us either, they'll either give us a sample or they'll give us a drawing and they'll say, hey, can you, you know, is there a way, can you, can you bring this over for us? You know, can you source this? And so, then, so sorry for the interruption. No I'm problem. trying to understand. Yeah. If, Pel if I was Peloton. Yeah. Then I would give you the specs. I say, yeah, this this is what needs to be built. You find the manufacturer, mm -hmm. wherever you are overseas, yeah. and then you actually bring it back into the U.S. You go through customs, you go through the yeah, freight we, and we everything else. Yeah, we handle all that part of it. So all that stuff is built into our cost handling. All the you know that portion of it. If there's any tariffs or things like that, which there are, you know, certain items, then you know it depends. Sometimes we'll pass them on. Sometimes it's built into the price of the product. So it just depends. And then. Now with, you know, we'll, I'm, we're going to get into some of these things later too, but with like COVID and, you know, the freight surcharges, some of those things we had to, where we normally would have just built it into the price, those were became, they became so high in such a, like a large portion of the, uh, of the price that we had to add it as, as a separate surcharge, you know? Right. So, yeah. So we had to talk to our, you know, and it was an individual cases, individual base with each customer about how, you know, how we were going to tackle this, you know, cause we were some, you know, they, they wouldn't accept the full you know, increase, but we, we have to pass on as much as we can because it's just costs for, you know. Yeah, yeah, that, that's understandable because yeah. these days, I mean, everything is uh, going a little crazy in the supply chain. Yeah, definitely. Right, so, so using Peloton as an example, sure. Peloton, of course, uh, has been going through a lot of changes right now because mm -hmm. of the market share that has dropped so much. But uh, if they went to you, what would be their advantage in doing this if they're trying to control costs? So what they do is, I mean, they need parts from all kinds of different sources, right? Because they're, they're assembling a bike here or they're, you know, wherever they're, they're putting their stuff together. In this case, they're doing it in Taiwan. So, so they need, you know, every, every company needs component parts. So they have to buy it either locally or they have to buy it, you know, overseas. So a lot of times what we try to do is there's a cost advantage, you know, of course, from bringing it from overseas. And then in this specific situation, we were shipping from... Uh, China to their factory in, in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. So they were then assembling, you know, over there. So uh, the reason that they would come to us, like I said, is that they, they don't have to buy the full inventory at one time. Oh. And, and also, you know, like they, I mean, they don't have to buy like so many months worth of stock, you know, they get it as, as per their need. So we ship it to them as they need. And so, then they're... So that's the other aspect of the business that you're offering, which is really like uh, you're, you're financing mm -hmm. a lot of the product. And you're holding on to to a product until they want to have it released. Exactly. That's the that's where the just in time comes in, and that's what that's that was a big reason why these you know these these American customers started to get very interested when my dad and Pradeep started this business because it was something no one was offering at the time. You know, because it, it is a big risk and it takes a lot of um, a lot of capital to you know to be able to and to have like the bank resources to be able to right. you know, finance all that inventory. Right. So you part of it is the financing arm. Part of it is the logistics arm. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the distribution arm over here, bring it over here. Yeah, yeah, distribution arm too. And then so, I mean, we also have an engineering team, you know, if mm -hmm. like a, if a customer needs like something tweaked or, you know, taken out some weight taken out to make it more cost effective, there's different things that we offer, you know, so we can always work with the customer and if they have a design, we can tweak it with them and then, you know, get that built over, you know, get the samples and see if does it pass all the tests still. And then, then it makes maybe have a more competitive product they can take to market too so it's very collaborative yeah very with collaborative. the customer yeah yeah when like a, like with the vendor managed inventory is very collaborative the uh the whole design process is because a lot of times what we'll do is we'll go shelf ready so we have to do the artwork the box everything has to be fully ready so there's a lot of working 
together with that teams, you know, the with this, their sourcing team and then even higher up. Uh, do you focus in on a certain classification of products? Uh, mostly metal products. So what started with, like, you know, like I said, more on the plumbing side, heating, you know, then it's kind of just branched out into other, you know, um, electrical. Then now, like, with the um, the fitness thing that's become, and then we supply, like, a company that, that supplies, like, the um, when you'd fry food at, like, McDonald's. Mm-hmm. So with the wire baskets and things mm-hmm. that, you know, so... So those are all like, you know, so those companies, you won't know who they are, right? But we supply the parts to them so they either it'll, then they can assemble that together and then have it ready to supply to like a McDonald's. And a lot of our products go into like a Lowe's or a Home Depot, uh-huh. but you'll never see our name on there because we're just sourcing it and then, you know, providing the, the customer's name. On, oh, I you see. Know, so Do you also support like oil and gas and... Yeah, so we I'm have, just reading up about you guys oh, on yeah, Google. Yeah. So and I see yeah. a lot of stuff like maritime industries. Yeah, so there's yeah. a lot of different things that we're in. But like, uh, so what we'd like, uh, I think the initial question was about the other subsidiary companies. So we yes. started, you know, several different businesses because when we were bringing in products for these OEMs, we thought, hey, there's other avenues, you know, that we can have our own brand name here too. You know, maybe go and take some of these parts, these parts to market. So we started with like, uh, whenever you like hang um, any kind of plumbing, you need these th- the attachments and like, so they're called hangers. So if you if you go in any parking garage or anywhere, you'll see all the attachments that need yes, to keep the all pipes, the plumbing yes. and the fire correct. The fittings. Correct. So, yeah, correct. all the fittings and all the like, they're essentially, they're just called like pipe hangers. So they, right. keep, they keep everything in place. Right. So we thought, okay, we're, you know, we can bring those in ourselves. And, you know, we came up with our own brand name, Elite Components. And it took it to market, you know, and it was a long process because in the beginning you have to get your foot in the door. You got to sell all the low margin products, you know, until eventually, they, you know, you're competing yeah, with already stuff, established yeah. players. So it takes time, you know, to. So, to get so it was an effort um, uh, to become an OEM yourself. Uh, yeah, so almost, but like, yeah, like a different distribution company. So we have those, those distribution companies had a different business model than, than unique industrial. So, but when you did that, when you created elite, you actually went into competition with some of your other OEMs. Uh, not specifically in that, in that market, we weren't really supplying anyone those parts. So we didn't, we didn't compete with any, we, we, we wouldn't go into a market where we already like have someone other, either they've already like moved on to a different vendor or we wouldn't compete with our own customers because it wouldn't, it wouldn't benefit us and also it would just, you know... Well, Elite, when you started out in 2009 and it, it uh, made 15 million bucks by 2016, seven years later, and then you sold it in, to, in 2019, three years later. Uh, so is that part of the, the, the business plan that you get it up to a certain point and then you the we didn't really start it with a plan like that in mind mm-hmm. but you know we just uh, you know I'm sure you've talked to my dad many times he's very I guess, innovative always looking to do new things entrepreneurial yeah. in that sense so always looking right. for new avenues new ways because sometimes it's in an OEM it takes a very long time to get into a customer you know it might take you a year a year and a half you have to find the right person you have to like you know go through all these like uh different certs and yeah so um that it takes a long time to get into it when once you're in you're in for a good amount of time you know yeah, they're yeah. not going to drop you unless something goes wrong so it's like a very stable relationship and then there you continue on the distribution side you can get sales immediately you know you go out there you have a good sales team and if you show that you have a product that can compete with other people's products then it's able to you know if you have a 
either a cost benefit or you have some kind of uh, function that's a little bit better or, you know, could be the packaging, could be something that they like better or, you know, where you're distributing to. So there it's, you can sell products immediately. So, uh, so Pankaj, uh, your dad, when he was here for an interview last year, uh, he talked about uh, preformed concrete. Is that still a continuing business? Yeah, that's uh, that's continuing in an, in another subsidiary. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so we have that in, in a company called Unique uh, uh, Unique Fasteners. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. So, so like when we had all these other uh, business units, you know, like the oil and gas company and Elite Components. Chem Oil. Yeah, Chem Oil. So that one was actually came through an acquisition. So it was a customer of ours, and they were in financial trouble, and they were they were supplying to the oil field. You know, the oil field was very hot at the time, but they just were not financing themselves well. You know, they were spread too thin. So we, we came into opportunity to be able to buy their inventory, hired on their staff, and then, you know, then you kept their brand name. Their brand name was already well known in that oil field uh, industry, mm -hmm. and the people were known, you know, so, so we hired their entire staff, brought them over, and then from there we were able to then build it, you know, like get that inventory, you know, we got that at a, at a good price, and then to be able to then continue to like bring in, add additional products, you know, like, we really looked at what's the range that we can get into. You know, there's, there was like a, there's so many different products, right? You can get yeah. into an oil field. So anything okay. metal, we would just continue to add and add in that. <coughs> so, that. Sorry to interrupt, uh, folks. No we problem. will be going to a commercial break in a okay. minute or so. So we are talking to Pankaj Malani, and uh, he is the CEO of the Unique Group since 2014, and you know. He's telling us about his line of business and what he does and how they grew into a huge uh, company. He oversees a staff of 65 employees, and we will be back uh, right after the commercial break. Right. Stay tuned, and if you all have any questions for Pankaj, call us, please, at 281-277-6874. You're listening to Indo-American News Radio. Yes, so don't and go we'll away. We'll be right we'll, back. We will be right back. Indo-American News Radio. India News. U.S. News. World News. Movie Reviews. And Local Community Roundup. Every Saturday. 4 to 6 p.m. On Masala 98.7 FM. Hi, I'm Jawahar. I'm Sanchali. And I'm Pramod. Indo-American Indo News Radio. Welcome back, folks. We're talking to Pankaj Malani about his company, the Unique Industry. Uh, unique Group of companies, Unique Industrial Products Company. So, exactly. So it was started with Unique Industrial Products Company, and now you know, as we added the several subsidiary companies, now it's the Unique Group. But as I was mentioning, we in 2019 we sold off a uh, majority share in every in all the other subsidiary companies except for Unique Industrial, our our core business. Core business, yeah. The original business. The original business. So we continue to house like those those companies in our you know our Sugarland warehouses. So we have them there. And actually, when we did this sale, we continue to keep you know we have a you know a partnership in these businesses and. Mm -hmm. What they did was they, you know, like they kept the employees like that were going to, like we were handling like like the sales team for each, like for Chem Oil sales team, they kept intact. They kept like the elite sales team intact per se, you know. And right. then, you know, and then along with other, of course, the management team too, you know, they kind of sure. split people up into what they needed. So then we were able to like, you know, divide and, you know, keep all of Unique Industrial in one building, and then the other building was all. So this new entity we called, uh, they called it Sigma Piping Products. Oh, okay. So everything is kind of lumped under there. And now, so my dad, you know, he supposedly was retired, but then once this whole thing happened, so he's actually the CEO of SPP, 
Mm. And I look over a uh, unique industrial. Oh, okay. so, so, so it's an opposite philosophy uh, compared to Twitter. <laughs> what, explain, explain that. What do you mean? Twitter fired everyone on their staff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. They definitely didn't do that. So they, they, they knew the value of what they were buying. You know, right, like, exactly. And a lot of that is, is in the people. It's in the, you know, like we have very knowledgeable people, very like, you know, strong staff so that's, yeah you besides know, you know the inventory the physical inventory exactly. and so forth it's goodwill and uh, uh human resources exactly. that you yeah, get that was a lot of what they were purchasing and then our contacts you know our customer contacts and our sure. vendor contacts so too, spp know. you still own a, uh, a, a we still own a portion of it okay yes. which is and it's headed by your dad yeah so on okay. the day-to-day -day, he's looking over it but we have like you know for each uh, individual subsidiary we have like a president who manages like the daily operations. And then, you know, then we have a sourcing team. We have teams that manage all of that. So, but as a whole, he looks over that. And then I don't really go into the daily of SPP. And I, I look over for uh, unique, unique industrial UAP. Then, yeah, so same thing. So we kind of look over what, you know, we see what each other is doing. So we're like right next to each other, but we don't try to be too involved in the other. So they don't right. yeah. not stepping on toes. So that, that brings me to uh, a question I had about you, about the, your role in the company, you're second generation owner of the company, mm -hmm. and uh, there are, are another few uh, people, another few, uh, I guess, young men who are like this. Rishi Butada is one of them. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the, what's his name? The Ding, uh, Ashok Dingra's yeah, son is Abhishek. another one. Abhishek yeah. is another one. So. Uh, you grew up. I played basketball with Abhishek this morning, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You grew up and uh, in uh, in the Sugarland area. You ended up getting a degree in uh, and working in the advertising field, marketing, and then teaching. So apparently, your interests were elsewhere when before you joined the company. Do you think that those interests have helped you to form? Uh, uh, to a leadership role within the company now? Definitely, I think I. You know, so. Being around a family business when you're young in high school and college, it doesn't seem very appealing. You know, it's like it's not something that you want to necessarily you want to go out there and, you know, make your own mark and do other things. So um, that's why when I even when I got into, you know, when I got my degree, I wanted to go out and try, you know, try different things, go into, you know, see if I could make it in the advertising world. And then, you know, and then I always had from an early age, I always had a passion for teaching and, you know, working with kids, doing, you know, like uh, different things there. So like... Um, um, I taught in, in middle school in New York City, and there, that was there. There was part of a program called the New York City Teaching Fellows. So, like, oh, for okay. like, yeah, so for like underfunded schools, and, it's you know, kind of like Teach for it's America. It's very similar to Teach for America, but it's just like in like some of the. Sure, that know, must like have been quite world. challenging for you, right? It was definitely challenging, and coming back to Houston after I did that, then I came back and taught here for a year or two. That was a very challenging experience, and it's. Uh, but I think it taught me a lot too, because it taught you a lot about. Um, preparation and patience i think you know especially like here like when you the, when you start off teaching they don't give you like the honors classes and the, yeah you know, they, <laughs> yeah yeah so like when you first teach you know like it, it's kind of uh counterproductive in a way because they're throwing the newer teachers into some of these like situations so i, I taught like a, in a remedial math class you know so this was for kids that didn't pass the tax like the state exam right so they have to take this class in place of like a um elective so in place of like gym or you know band Which they or didn't enjoy so, uh, at they all they obviously hated coming into <laughs> yes. class because they already are taking a math class and now they're going in for the second class that they have to take in place of something that they actually like you know so it was a big challenge but every day it's like you know if you don't come in prepared you know like 
if you don't have a lesson plan, if you don't have something, you know, the whole thing will go completely awry, right, you know? Right. So, and it's kids, it's middle school kids. So they're just waiting for any opportunity for things to go haywire, you know? Right, so right. it's like, what, what, what did your father, uh, especially think about this, uh, this, this pursuit of yours? I um, mean, he must yeah. have been thinking, well, you know, did he think, well, maybe he should spend more time, productive time within the company? Yeah, when I was, so when I was like 22, like right out there, uh, like a few months after college. So I actually did join the business right away then. But I just felt like I wasn't, um, how do I put, put my, using my time very well. And it was like an, an already existing business. I didn't know where to fit in. And it just felt very like forced, you know. Mm-hmm. And I knew my heart wasn't there. And I think my dad realized that too. So he was like, okay go do your thing, you know, figure out what you want to do. So he was very open to that because he realized that when I was there, I wasn't like, you know. Yeah. And it's it's hard to, you know, unless you have like a daily responsibility to walk into a company and now you're the owner's son, like what are you supposed to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. So right. until, so then when I, so then after like, it was like four, about four years or so where I, you know, did these other things, you know, like taught and, you know, work in advertising, went to, you know, teach English, things like that. So once I came back, and I realized, I think on my own is when I wanted to come back when I was around 26. And I was like, okay, I think I've done the things that I think will prepare me. And now I want to go in there like with like an open mind and be ready for it and not feel like I was trapped there. You know, and right. I mean, that but, was... but you started from the bottom up even when you joined. Yeah, the- yeah. No, no, my dad was very clear on that. Like, you know, when you come in, you don't, you know, you don't give someone the keys to the, you know, you got to know. So I was like, you know, starting off by like, you know, gluing the labels onto the Aww. crates and like, you know, doing that. And then I, I would, and I would, and I would work in the warehouse in the summer. So I knew like kind of what it was like, but you know, but here now you're like okay so you have to go out there and like now earn everyone's trust and respect and you know so there they so know who you Pankaj, are of course yes uh since uh, uh you started from the bottom up and grew the um uh, your role in the company uh i also heard that uh, unique is a very uh, uh great place to work uh, you have uh, uh table tennis mm-hmm. and volleyball so it's a uh, very productive environment. Yeah, we try to keep it like, you know, like, like I said, uh, one of our most important resources is the people that we have, you know. Yeah. And, we, and we all appreciate that. I think my dad, you know, taught me that from an early age that that's, that is a very valuable thing that, you know, that every company has. And especially in, in our situation, if we don't have the people, then it's like, you know, all these other things, they won't fall into place. And you, so... We want to make sure that it feels like a family environment and it's like, you know, and we have places that, you know, like when we take our, um, you know, we always do like collaborative things. We go, like I said, we have the, the sports facility at our, at our place. We have, the, right. you know, we have the like the game room with the ping pong and all that. So it's a good place where people can, you know, mix. And also what it helps with a lot of times is someone that you may not interact with on a daily in like a different department or a different subsidiary company now you can come there and share ideas and, you know, someone... So was that, that you, your idea to set that up? It was, yeah. Oh, wow, <laughs> yeah, that's those, amazing. Those were my ideas. But, and it helps in employee it, retention it as well. It does. A lot Absolutely. of people come there and they There's really, loyalty. Yeah, and, yeah. They, they enjoy people seeing people that People feel there. appreciated. So I saw, like, the whole, yeah. like, the way they do it. I visited some of my friends in Silicon Valley, like, at Yammer and, you know, they different don't offices. Have I saw how their offices were set up and I was like, ours looks nothing like this, yeah. you know. And I was like, and it's obviously a different industry, but... And it's a different demographic, but mm-hmm. there's definitely different, concepts. There's can, different culture. Different culture, but you can apply some of those things here. Now we've we've kind of branched in. We get like more. I think we have a younger staff now and a little bit more diverse. You know, when we first started off, it was a little bit older, more Indian. You know, just because that's who we. You know, like 
started with yeah started with my dad knew so then as things have changed now and then as you go Mm -hmm. into sales for different you know like uh industries you need you need that dynamic young energy to you know to right, be able to yeah. connect with the, who the purchasing people are over there so, so. so by virtue of starting from the bottom up and and and, and so on uh do you happen to know a, I mean, a great deal of your staff personally oh of course yeah yeah i know all of our staff yeah so and then even more so in the beginning because like you know, like I told you, I, I learned Spanish too. So, yeah. we have, you know, we have a lot of Spanish speaking employees in our warehouse. So that was very helpful to connect. You know, they see that, okay, you can, you know, you can speak with us. And then like, and I think it's important to have. You can eat tacos have, with them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's good to have like a, you know, that connection with everyone. You know, you don't want to treat anyone differently, whether it's the janitor or, you know, anyone, the executive, everyone should be treated with respect. So right. Pankaj, with all the groundwork that you did, you know, all the challenges that you faced with teaching this, that. So that set you up for, you know, facing all the challenges during COVID, right? I'm sure that must have been a tough period. Yeah, yeah. COVID was definitely a big challenge and a, and a major uh, change for us, you know. So Somebody overnight, said. all of our factories were, you know, shut down. There was so many different things happening. And, you know, the and, you know our office of we ha- we were able to keep our our warehouse open through COVID because we had a yeah 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 ahead. we got like a you know the an exemption because we had products that were needed you know they go into plumbing they go into sure. so our warehouse continued to stay open but our office had to close for you know for several months and then from there once things started to open back up you know we adopted different policies and. You know, when when people had to come in before it was a very traditional, you know, you come in nine to five, Monday through Friday, you know, and now it's more of like a hybrid work schedule where people are, you know, and they're they come in as uh, they're able to work from home as needed. You know, they if they have like other family situations, you know, they can handle those because now we realize that just being in the office is not the same. Things have changed in the world and we realize it in our in our uh, company also, you know, there's. So, like, the hybrid work schedule, I think, has worked out v- really well for a right. lot, of, lot of our staff. Remote, know, so. remote work is, is yeah. actually working out very well and, for a lot of people. Yeah, we didn't drop any productivity or anything. So, people are continuing. They're happier. You know, they're able sure. to maintain their outside life while, you know, while still being a part of the business. So, they come in, you know, like, most people still come in every day. But right. it's just maybe not, like, entire time. Or, like, sure. you know, they're able to do some If they need to go somewhere to handle something from home, it's fine. And we have a... Uh, uh, you know, ERP systems like a enterprise. So our entire right, right, system right, is right. run uh, on the cloud base. So, yeah. so we can pretty much log in anywhere, you know, and anyone can set up. Right. So we and use a company called NetSuite to do all of our, you know, our financial management or you know inventory management. Everything is run through there. So pretty much, if you have access to internet, you have you you able to access all your information. So no, you know, now with great. Zoom and you know Teams and all that, we. Everything has kind of changed, but I think it to me, I think it's for the better. You know? right. right, and Pankaj, your dad is quite involved in the community, uh, places like India House mm-hmm. and Ekal with Dalai. Are you planning to follow in his footsteps? Yeah, definitely. That's yeah, so always involved with uh, the youth YLDP for a few oh, okay. years, and then like Very it, good. yeah, India House. We were doing our little table tennis thing there, so right. yeah, we need to yeah, definitely want to get involved more in Magic Bus and other other. Um, Another uh, charity, charity yes. events. Uh, Pankaj, what about uh, your future goals for uni- uh, unique industrial products? Future goals. So what we're looking into right now, like some expansion. Like right now, most of our companies are uh, in the U.S. So there is, you know, and that leaves so many other markets available. So we're looking to now to really go international, you know, go 
we have some potential customers. We have a little bit of business, but very little, like in Europe and Canada and Mexico. So going into some of those markets, maybe the Middle East, you know, doing some things there, and then continuing to broaden our um, our industries too. You know, so like you know, like that Peloton was a good step into fitness. So if we can continue, and once you have like one big name in your you know portfolio, in your portfolio, then yeah. other people are willing to accept that you know, okay, these guys must know what they're doing. Let let they'll give them a chance. You know, so there's a lot of opportunities there too i think so right yeah 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 so are you uh thinking that the base for all of that is going to be right here in houston or you're going to be opening up offices in europe somewhere um it all depends you know like we like right now we handle majority for unique industrial is all handled through uh through our sugarland warehouse you know so like in the other companies we have like affiliate warehouses or we have like distribution centers like in the oil field we have it in where where the parts are needed like oklahoma city we have a warehouse there in odessa texas we have a warehouse so on the unique industrial side if it's needed we can add something somewhere if but um it all depends you know it just depends if we want to be close to a customer certain customers have asked hey can you bring product closer to us so we can either rent a warehouse there or you know like so there's so essentially it's kind of like uh, you you have distribution centers elsewhere. I mean it's 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 the Amazon model except much smaller. On on the distribution side, we don't have other warehouses for Unique Industrial. For Unique Industrial, we have our one warehouse here in Sugarland. But for but the other then, ones, yeah, for the other ones we do because they're there it's a distribution like a hub and spoke kind of you know where they then can send to this Correct. warehouse and then from there it's able to distribute to that that local market. So on the final note, what what are some of your? We only have a couple of minutes, but okay. what is one or two of your largest challenges? Largest challenges, um, I'd say right now a lot of it is uh, is still the challenges of of uh, good talent. Huh? Good talent. Tal- no, we have very good talent, but just uh, in in keeping people too, and like you know, in staff and like retention. The, retention, retention for I'd say more for like the warehouse is that that becomes a challenge because there's a lot of opportunities and people are going elsewhere. You know, those are a lot of other places have opened up, so that that become one. But we have a lot of our staff has stayed with us for a long time, so I don't see that that much as a challenge, but more like some of the things that that are still continuing to I guess. Um, you celebrated co- 25 years, is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. From, oh, from, from, from COVID. Yeah. Like, you know, so then, so uh, maybe have you automated uh, automation of some of the warehouse functions? Is that there's a lot no, of technology No, we're looking there? into doing barcoding and things like that, which we don't have that set up yet. So I think once we do, then we'll have to be able to, you know, we've, we've done some of the things where like, you know, where they, the warehouse guys take the iPads and then they're able to, you know, like to do like the show the inventory transfer right away. We have online selling. So so there's different things that we're able to incorporate into that. And yeah, like you're, to your point, we did celebrate 25 yeah, years. Yeah, and I'm year. seeing that yeah. you all made a group trip to Puerto Rico. That yeah. sounds like so much yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So That's we were a thinking, wonderful way to appreciate your employees. Yeah, I yeah, wish so. you know, <laughs> something did something for us like that. <laughs> okay, <you know>? so Charlie. <laughs> we go yeah, to yeah. Margaritaville. <laughs> we're we're going to give you a one-way ticket somewhere. <laughs> so Pankaj, yeah, a lot of companies are seeing uh, the oncoming of po- a possible recession. Do you see that? It, it seems to be coming for us, too. So right now, we, we can see that a lot of customers have over-ordered last year, you know, because they were uh-huh. people... When it was COVID time, they, it was just, how fast can you get us product? How You know, it, it was no question. Just bring it as soon as you can. And now, they overloaded themselves. So now they have nowhere to keep it. They have, you know, so they're overloaded. So now, but we've already brought it. And it's, like I said, it's difficult oh. for us to stop the spigot once it's already, you know, being produced and we have purchase orders. So... 
So right now, that is a big challenge for us right now. So, so we have a lot of additional over, 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 over stock, over stock that yeah. we have to, then, you know. But like I said, these are all of our products are made against purchase orders. So we know that the customer is going to eventually take them, but when it's like how, when and how yeah. fast can you get these out of, sure. you know, we and, don't want to be hold the one holding And there's no the, way you can sell it to someone else. You right? can't. Yeah. No, no, no. That's our, we have right. agreements well, in place and where we don't, you know, don't sell it to anyone else. Yeah. Pankaj, thank you so much for joining us. We we unfortunately run out of time, even though we thought we still have so many more things that we can discuss. But we really appreciate you taking the time to come in and explain to us how unique industrial products functions and and your role there. We wish you the best of luck for the no. future. Yes. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I know it feels like it got cut a little bit short, but definitely we can, you know, another time. We yeah, can, continue we the yeah, conversation. Actually, actually, we were we were. We're just about <laughs> at, at the at 40 5 o'clock yeah, uh, hour. For, yeah, at 40 minutes. So, yeah. But we really do need to have you back on because, yeah, you know, things change as, as they change, then we'd like people to know how they can, you know, depend on unique industrial yeah, products. Yeah, kudos we, to everything that you're doing. You can Thank come you. back and talk about table tennis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to him with yeah, His she's, other she's passion. Star, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, folks. We'll be right back. This is Indo-American News Radio. Get on the Indo-American News Radio quiz show. I think I know this. The only quiz of its kind on Desi Radio in the U.S. And win points, a prize, laughs, and make friends. To get on the Indo-American News Radio, email today, News at yahoo.com or call 713-789-6397. Indo-American News Radio on Masala 98.7 FM every Saturday, 3 to 6 p.m. With Jawahar Sanchali Pramod and Jyoti. Yes.